Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Hey. 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 Hey, yo! Roller coaster. Hey. We need a we need a little buffer, a little uh, uh, reset the room to transition. I think or something. Yeah, let's go, guys. Come on. So now that we're all present, now that we're feeling our bodies, now that we're mindful, let's go take some action. That's what we're gonna talk about today. Action, 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 action. So, hey, Bill, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, wait, what is going on? I apologize. It took me a while to get to the mute button. But I'm like, I, I thought it was supposed to sound more like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a good point. I just want to kind of learn. Uh, I just want to actually have us all learn together that when you restrict your own output of energy, who does it have the biggest impact on? 
Rousseau? Rousseau, right? Like if you if you can't clap for someone else who's winning, if you can't be fully energized in your experience of life, of course it's going to be harder to um, get that reciprocated in your life, right? So say it again. Say it again. When you restrict, say it again, Bill. Yeah. When you restrict your energy output, when you restrict your energy output, why, why would you expect it to be reciprocated? Why would you expect others to raise the energy back at you? Energy is a muscle. It's not a finite resource. The more energy you expend, the more energy you get back. It's kind of like investing. The more money you invest, usually the more you get back. The more money you let sit in a bank account with no energy tied to it, what happens? The dollar bills just sit there. Who wants that? Finances? your personal levels of energy, they follow a very similar formula, right? So the first thing I want to challenge myself and everyone is to ask yourself, where's my energy going? And yes, sometimes you got to fake it until you make it. Sometimes you got to put a smile on when you're really tired. Sometimes you got to step into the new reality, right? Even if it's a little uncomfortable. So the first thing I want to kind of hit on is why do people flatline? Why does comfort creep in? Why, once you hit a certain level in your life, why does it just stop? Why, why do you get complacent? Why do we grind gears at a certain level? Like, why does the same dollar amount, even if we make more money in our business, why does the same dollar amount average in our bank account? What is that? Does it just happen to be luck that just the universe conspires to just make your bank account have the same exact dollar amount in it month after month after month? Is there something else going on there? Right. So the question is, how fast are you upgrading your brain software? Right. We go through phone upgrades like we upgrade the software on our iOS and on our iPhones and on our mobile phone, smartphones. How often do you upgrade the iOS, the operating system, the software of your brain, of your life? What is the process of a software upgrade? What's that look like? Well, first there's a download, right? So like when, when you go through a software upgrade on your mobile phone, there's first the download period, then there's the installing period, right? And then there's the learning period when you're like learning about the new buttons and the new way that things work. And then eventually, you get used to it. However, what happens with most times when a software upgrade happens? Most times you'll go through the uh, download phase, the installation phase, the getting used to it phase, and then what happens for most people is your habits will creep in, and then you'll just go back to how you were using the phone before and not use any of the new functions that were just downloaded and installed. It's called a baseline, right? So your baseline is where you're going to go. If your baseline doesn't change, why would you expect the change? So how can we replicate that in our lives? How can we replicate the process 
of downloading a new system, a new way of life, a new financial threshold, a new business threshold. How can we go, how can we do that for ourselves? And then how do we install, how do we install the thing that we downloaded into our lives and business? How do we go through the process of learning what this newly installed process means for us? And then how do we raise our habits to this new threshold? So I'll give us an example on this. So software upgrades, right? They start, by the way, your brain is the most powerful software ever created, right? One day, maybe the artificial intelligence brains will, will outdo us, but for now, they're the best. So, step one, download. What is downloading? What is downloading a new way of life? What is downloading the next financial or business threshold for yourself? What's the number one best way? Let's take some guesses real quick. Go ahead, unmute. Let's take some quick guesses. What is the best way to download a new way of doing things? What do you think? Read books. Mm, love that, Ramon. Who else? Breakfast with Champions. <laughs> love that. Kidding. You can be in the room with people that are doing it. Coaches, well, mentors. Coaches and mentors, yep. I got six. It's all about what you watch, what you read, what you listen to, who you surround yourself with, how you talk to yourself, and what you visualize. Wow. That could be a master class in and of itself. Anyone I else? Agree. Grow for God Conference. Yep. Good morning routine. Yep. Silent. Ooh. Yeah, every, everyone's right, right? I mean, it's it, downloading the next way of living. The question is really how fast do you want to download it? If you want to download how to make a million dollars in a year net, if you want to download that process, you can. The slow way, better than, better than anything else, the slow way to download that process is through trial and error. That's the slowest way. Let me go not read anything, not talk to any millionaires, not, you know, not, open, not avail myself of anybody who's figured this out before. That's the longest, hardest way. Now, unfortunately, that is the most commonly traveled path to people's lives. People start a job, people start doing business in one way, they hit a threshold, they hit a level of comfort where they can support themselves and their family, and then they go, ah, I'm good. And even if they learn new things from people who have reached different levels, what do they do? They listen to it. And then they go into like learning addiction. Like, oh, I want to learn this. Oh, and how did you become a millionaire? How did you become a So I came up with this phrase, not about being open-minded. Open-mindedness has no value. Open-minded improving has all the value. We don't want to just be open-minded to new ways of life. We, we have to counterbalance Every minute we're open-minded with every minute we use what we were open-minded to, to actually improve. This was one of my company's core values for years. Open-minded improvers. Open-mindedness can be, mm, oh, 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 I get it. I should, I should work out. Oh, and this, and this person showed me how they work out. Hmm, wow. 
Now I know how to work out. That's open-mindedness. Open-minded improving is, oh, I just learned how this person got into killer shape and I'm going to take time out of the equation and by tonight, I'll try the new routine. See the difference there? So the first phase is download, slow way, trial and error. Most commonly traveled path. The second way is reading. The problem with reading, this is the second slowest way. The problem with reading is there's no accountability and there's no group. There's no, like there's, there's something about books that doesn't give you the kick in the butt you need. Now books are vitally important. If we were to compare the speed of downloading new ways of life and new and improved ways, it's not even comparable trial and error to books. The problem with books is if you don't have a group of people you're surrounded by on a weekly basis, the books can just fester. The books can just become an arsenal of knowledge that's not used. The third level up is the best level, and that's mentors, coaches, people that you know has figured this out. Maybe they were the author of the book that you read, and in two hours, one hour with this person, you can get all the secrets that you would have otherwise read a book on. You can be pointed in the right direction as to what's really most important from that quote-unquote book. But most importantly, you can see the person's mannerisms. You can feel their belief. We talked about, uh, I think three weeks ago, the importance of the four-minute mile as it pertains to you reaching another level in your life. Right? The four-minute mile was reached. Someone ran it, Roger Bannister, and then this guy, like, not too long after, went and ran the second four-minute mile really quick. And then within the first, like, year, a lot of people ended up running a four-minute mile when it previously seemed to be impossible, right? So my question to everyone is how fast... Do you want to improve? If the answer is, eh, I'll improve when I get time, or I'll, I'll, I'll reach the next level when I get time. I think there's a ghost on our stage right now. I don't see anyone unmuted. Hearing some weird noise. Is anyone else hearing that or is that me? Yeah, I hear. Yes. <laughs> so, mentors, coaches, the four-minute mile is an example of why downloading a new way of the next threshold for you can be done rapidly when you see and feel someone who's actually done it. Now, which of the three is the most emotionally scary? Locking yourself in, in a room and reading a book? Is it trial and error? They call this rugged individualism. I'm going to do it myself. Figure it all out myself. What's the most emotionally scary? It's option three. And that's why the, the path to finding mentors is the least traveled path. But the fastest growth path. So I just email people all the time. I emailed a guy this morning at 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m., who's worth a half billion dollars. I don't know if he'll reply. I don't care if he'll reply. But again, it comes down to the energy outflow. 
right? I'm, I'm not going to restrict my energy because I think the person I'm reaching out to is going to be inaccessible. I'm going to keep my energy high and, and just keep it full blast. And someone's going to pick up on the energy, true or false. True. So we're better off instead of convincing ourselves, we have to prove something before we can reach out to someone who's figured out what we want to figure out. We'd probably be better off just reaching out now. Like I remember when I started my business, I was like, I was like, when I reach a million dollars a year, then I'll start reaching out to people because then they'll know I'm legit. When I get 20 employees, then I'll start reaching out to people. When I get 40 employees, then I'll start reaching out to people. Then they'll know I'm legit. But I can't network until I hit this level of success. Otherwise, I'll be ridiculed because I'm not where I should be. I literally had these thoughts. Restricted me so much. Now, I remember I went on this networking quest when I started my business. There was an eight-month period when I didn't make one sale, planned out my mission, vision, values for my company when I started it, and created this eight-year plan on how I was going to do $250 million, $256 million in, in uh, eight years. I wrote this whole plan out. It was all in Excel with a calculated growth rate year over year, a two uh, – 300% year-over-year growth, and then it goes down to 200% year-over-year growth. Had this whole thing calculated out in an Excel spreadsheet. When I created that plan, holy crap, it was amazing. I was reaching out to people that were way beyond me. I reached out to the chief revenue officer of a billion-dollar company, and uh, his name's Jamie Adams, and he's this... Uh, Chief Revenue Officer of this company called Scorpion, huge company and <laughs> in the marketing space. I reached out to them, cold called their offices and said, Jamie, I need to know what you know. I'm starting a company. I want to be at the where, where your company is. Literally, this is the Chief Revenue Officer of an 850 employee company. Right. And I was just getting started. I, I had made zero sales. I called their offices. I got directed to the chief marketing officer. His name's Corey Quinn. Corey goes, man, you seem pretty energetic. Uh, yeah, let me pass you over to Jamie. Then I ended up having an hour-long call with Jamie Adams. And he gave me all of these secrets and tips and tricks. Literally, it was like a 40-minute call. He was like, yeah, do this, don't do this, you know, don't do that, don't do that. I didn't talk to Jamie. I didn't talk to Jamie for three and a half years. And yesterday, or, or I'm sorry, um, last week, I emailed Jamie Adams again and said, Jamie, I wanted to thank you so much. When I was just getting started, you gave me tons of advice. I was really helpful. And I email you. Uh, with, uh, I email you with a ton of gratitude. Um, this month will be my first month doing a million dollars in a month, and I'd love to reconnect and and talk shop again. And he replied back, and he was like, he's like, what? That's crazy, man. I'd love to hop on a call. So now me and him have a book call on Monday. I don't even know what we're gonna talk about. But I want the reason I tell you guys the story is the same chief revenue officer that took my call when I had zero in revenue is the same person taking my call when I'm doing a million in a month. Mic drop. Go reach out to the people. All right, I'm going to shut up. I say this every freaking week. And keep reaching out 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 and keep what? Keep what? Reaching out. You guys should be pulling up your emails right now. Who am I going to reach out to? Who's already figured out where I want to go?
then step two, okay, this is download. This is the first phase of a software upgrade, download, okay? Then step two, we're finished with step one of the software upgrade, which I hope everyone makes a software upgrade. Can I get a yes that everyone's gonna make a software upgrade today? Hello? Yes. 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 Right. yes. yes. Get that software yes. upgraded. All right. Next, we have installation. We've downloaded the system. We hunted down someone who has the answer, right? We now have the answer. Next step, installation. Okay, well, what's the difference, Bill? I, I, thought, I thought that was insulated. I got the plan from Jamie. I got the plan from this guy. I got the plan from this gal. I got the plan from, no, very different. Installation is where it becomes normal. It's where you actually install, you bring this new paradigm into your life. Let's take some quick guesses. What do you think is the first thing that needs to happen when you install a new level of success in your life? What is the first thing that sh I should say should happen? Let's take some quick guesses. Let's take three guesses. First person on mute. What's your guess? Dump old files. What was that? Dump old files. Ah, clean out. Okay. Who else? The question was, what's the first thing that needs to happen when you're installing a higher quality of life into your life? What's the first thing that should happen? Compatibility. Okay. Compatibility. One more. Reboot. Reboot. Oh, reboot. Okay. Change the people you hang around. Oh, that was a good one. Change the people you hang around. So, in my opinion, the first thing that should happen is every relevant piece of the software needs to be notified that this, this thing that was downloaded is now going to be installed. Notification, step one. So what is that in human world, not software world? What is that? It's, hey, this is my new level. Hey, this is my new level. The way it usually happens is, well, he learned this new thing. Now let's gently roll it out in a way that's not conflict avoidant so I can keep all of my current relationships and not piss anyone off that I'm going to another level. And that's the slow way to do it. Ding, ding, ding. The right way to do it is to go, hey, this is, I'm sick of this. I'm not doing this anymore. Here's where we're going. In business, I call this vision-conviction balance. It's not enough to have vision. Vision is, if without conviction, vision is crap, guys. Having a big vision for the future that you don't truly believe is going to happen for you, it's a pipe dream. It's, it's a, it's a wishy, wish think, wishful thinking. Right? So the conviction, they wrote about this in many self-development books. Conviction comes from what? Comes from auto-suggestion. Auto-suggestion. Also known as self-suggestion. Right? Self-suggestion is the way we take a newly down a newly downloaded way of doing things 
a way to improve our lives, a way to take our finances to the next level, a way to take our business to the next level. And then we, we go and we, as quickly as we possibly can, we roll that out with conviction. First time you roll it out, hey, this is where we're going. Second time you roll it out, hey, this is where we're going. Third time you roll it out, hey, this is where we're going. Fourth time you roll it out, hey, this is where we're going. Now, if you're guilty of losing steam in the past uh, on your vision, people aren't going to trust that this is a real shift. Those around you are going to go, oh, <laughs> oh, she's really motivated today. That's on you. You need to change that. One of the most powerful things you could ever do in your social circle is to convince those around you that when you decide to do something, it ain't a joke. It's actually happening. Because then people move out of the way. You should see like some of my friends that I went to college with or, or high school with, most of which I don't talk to, the ones that I do, they know when Bill is obsessed about something, we're not going to hear from him for a month and a half to two months. They get out of the way. They've accepted that as a reality because that is my truth. But if if I commit to doing something and five times in a row after I make a commitment, I'm back to the way I was before. Of course, those around you are going to smirk and go, oh, that's cool. Super motivated today. So have a chip on your shoulder. Every successful athlete in the world that won championship after championship after championship had a chip on their shoulder. They were not a perfectly empathetic, emotionally intelligent human. Actually, the more championships you win, probably the harder empathy is for you. Like, you, you ruffle some edges. Yesterday, um, at, at my office, I had one of the most creative days ever. I created this whole new framework for our coaching business and, and the next 36 months of a business model and all this really high-value stuff. And we had these two departmental meetings at my company yesterday where I basically explained these frameworks to everyone and released them. At the end of the day, I actually surveyed my team. I asked them on one-on-ones, a couple of them, one-on-one, I asked them, how would you rate my job as CEO today? How was I as your leader today? All of those who responded said, this is where you should be every day in a creative flow state where you're setting direction for years. I didn't listen well yesterday. I didn't, I wasn't empathetic to people's needs yesterday. I was my true unhindered self giving my greatest service to the world, which is being a crazy creative. The team moved out of the way and said, wow. You will be of greater service embracing your natural tendencies and traits. As you create a personal development plan, than you would trying to create a personal development plan and, and pressing the brakes on who you really are. If you're not good at listening, embrace it. Own up to it. Tell your team, hey, listen, I'm not good at listening. When I get into a flow state like this, when I'm doing this, when I'm doing that, I'm not good at this. I need help. I also need to be of great service, though. 
right? I'm not good at X. I'm not good at Y. I'm not good at Z. The best thing for you to say is I'm not good at X publicly, but I want to be of great service. Another high value question to ask those around you. Where am I of the best service to the world? Oh man, you're the best when you are in this state and you're doing this and you're, and you're offering this kind of value. Oh, interesting. So again, the second part of a software upgrade is step one is download the new way through mentors, books, or trial and error. The second is installation. The first step of installation is, hey, this is the new way, communicating to those around you, the cells around you, quote unquote, this is the new way. Okay. Download, installation, right? So once we've actually created a software upgrade in our lives, a new paradigm, a new way, it's downloaded, it's installed. The next period is habit formation. So habit formation is building habits around the newly installed software. A lot of people say, oh, it takes 21 days to do a habit. University College London did one uh, study. They found it was like 60 days to do a habit. The truth is, all of that is not true. The length of time it takes to form a habit depends entirely on the complexity of the habit. So for example, if you're trying to form a habit to tap your finger three times every time you enter a doorway, that is a way simpler habit than the habit of becoming a billionaire. The habit of becoming a billionaire is not a 60-day process. It is probably a 10 to 18-year, maybe in some cases, maybe a 30 to 50-year process. Who knows? This is why Simon Sinek wrote the book, The Infinite Game. The infinite game. The infinite game, it detaches you from the desire of finish lines everywhere. The infinite game detaches you from every single task you do having an end date and a deadline and a due date. When you enter the infinite game, you're in it until the day you die for whatever that goal is. Okay? Getting down to 8% body fat and getting a six pack or reaching your health goals this is not a 60-day habit. This is a identity shift. This is why Glenn talks a lot about identity. It's a higher value use of your, your time to say, who am I going to be? Who am I? Than it is to say, what one habit can I master for the next 30 days? Because identity will clash against your habits and identity will win. Identity always wins. Identity is a thermostat, right? You will always go back down to the temperature of your thermostat. If you wanna rock it at 90 degrees for a few days in your business, in your health, but your thermostat is stuck at 70, you may be at 90 degrees for a few days. You may be there for a few months, but eventually you will go back down to the thermostat, which is your identity. 
That's why they did that huge Tony Robbins study on how he got all these people to quit smoking cigarettes. And they found that the, the top surveyed thing of everyone who quitted smoking, they said, I am not a smoker. They had a phrase, a similar phrase, everyone who was surveyed, it was like unanimous, it was crazy. They said, oh, I'm not a smoker anymore. That's why it was easy to quit. I, I'm, that's not who I am, I'm not a smoker. The alternative, the people who did not last, the people who did not quit smoking in this study, they said, I stopped, I, I did a habit. This isn't what they exactly said. I did a habit to stop smoking when I go out on weekends. The identity didn't happen. So as soon as temptation hits, they're back to smoking. Can I get a yes if this is making sense? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Hallelujah. So oh. we need identity affirmations, my friends. We need identity affirmations. Who are you? It doesn't have to be true now. It does have to be true to you, though. I am. I am a $256 million per year CEO. I am netting $20 million per year. That's who I am. I am under 10% body fat with great cardio strength and consistent exercise disciplines. I am, the list goes on and on. What is it for you? If people aren't mocking you, you're not being loud enough about this new you. Jim Collins, author of the book, Good to Great, and some of the best-selling business books of all time, he had a famous saying. He said, all of the greatest CEOs that created change, leaders that created change in their lives, these are movement makers. These are people who created movements. The people who created movements would get mocked 15 times more than those who didn't. Mocked. Oh, I know. We're creating this move. Oh, I know. This is where we're going. I've heard that before. Oh, oh I know. This is. Until you are being mocked, you haven't repeated yourself enough especially with your identity. So the one thing I wanna ask for everyone today is to create a list of 10 identity affirmations. Do it right now, you drive and pull over. It's more important than where you're going is who you are. Pull over, write this down, what are, what, who am I? What is my new threshold? Okay, then you may have to, once you've made a commitment of that size, you're like, oh crap, I gotta go back to look at the, the software that was installed. You draw on different pieces of your brain. The dormant parts of your brain light up when your identity shifts. There's pieces of your brain that aren't used that store information that your current level, your current identity didn't tap into. So if your current level is, I make uh, 50 grand a year, that's who I am, that's what I'm destined for, that's me. You're not gonna tap into the explosive growth parts of your brain. You're, you're limited by your identity, right? So you're gonna have to actually have to go back and look at the software that you've already downloaded. Oh, wait a second, I, I did read a book on this before and I did see exactly how someone went from 50 grand a year to 500 grand a year. And 
wait, I just didn't implement that. I read the book, I felt good for a minute, and then I didn't implement it. Hmm. So you start tapping on different parts of the brain. Right? So this is the habit formation process, and the way we form habits is not by setting the goal to form habits. We form habits by creating an identity shift. So this comes back to the vision, conviction, balance. The vision, conviction, balance. You make you super inspired after this, after hearing Glenn, after hearing me, after hearing all the amazing speakers today on Breakfast of Champions. You're, you go, you, you know, you, you end Breakfast of Champions. You're like, man, I got to implement some of this stuff, right? The question is, the most important question is the identity shift associated with what you're going to implement. So speed is the currency here, right? And be if there's one thing to be worried about, fear not changing, fear Instead of fearing the new, right? Don't, don't fear doing the new things required to get you to the next level. Instead, why don't we fear ending our lives at the same level we're currently at? And it's, it's insane. When you think about this, when you reframe fear, you think about this, it's like, well, actually, that makes perfect sense. I am more scared of living an unexamined life that did not reach my full potential. I, I'm way more afraid of dying, not having lived. I mean, it, it sounds so logical, right? The regret minimization framework that Jeff Bezos came up with. Looking back over your life at age 80 and asking yourself, how can I minimize this is the specific question. How can I minimize the regrets I'd have? And asking yourself, what am I doing today that could minimize? What am I doing today that I'm limiting myself and I'm going to later regret? Think about this for a second. Regret minimization, what? Regret, what would I regret? Let's think out loud here. What would I regret? I would regret never having reached out to someone that scares me. I would regret never being the role model to my family about how much financial freedom you really can reach and then becoming a role model for generations and generations of what poverty is and how to live poverty. That would be a big regret. Teaching future generations of my family how to live in poverty. Being an example of poverty. Being an example of a non-balanced non life with nobody showing up to my funeral because I didn't care about people, because I didn't pour my heart into people, because I kept my message to myself. What else would I regret? I'm, I'm, I'm facilitating this so you can think for yourself. It's not about me talking right now. It's about you examining for yourself. What would I regret? Would I regret having a mediocre relationship to God? Of course, yes. Would I regret never starting that business? Think about this. What would I regret? And then, literally, 
as Jeff Bezos says, the regret minimization, minimization framework. So once we've identified the regrets, the next step is to minimize those regrets, to reduce them by creating an action plan. The last thing I want to talk about, everyone, is something that I was thinking about this morning before this, and I, I literally don't know how to put words on this, so I apologize if I come off disorganized in this last 10 minutes or so, but it, I, I, I literally don't know how to put words on this, but it comes back to the first thing I was saying is what causes someone to not advance in their lives? What causes someone to accept that the new status quo is what it is? That is what boggles my mind. Why can someone, this is one thing I learned from this guy who I'm very close friends with. He's worth about a half billion dollars. His name is Mike Morris. He runs the largest personal injury firm in Michigan. And Mike Morris and I talk every week. And Mike told me one day, he was like, and this other guy who runs a $50 million company told me the same thing in different words. He said, his name is Mike Mogul. He said, I could hand someone the playbook. And I, it just, just boggled my mind when I heard this phrase this way. I could hand someone the playbook on how to build a billion dollar company, how to bring home net net income of a million a year, how to do this. The question is, if I hand that book to a hundred people, why will one of the hundred maybe figure it out? What is the difference? I don't think we have a download problem. I think we have an installation problem. I don't think we have a problem downloading answers. I mean, we have Google, we have accessibility to more information than ever. Books, mentors, everything we discussed. I don't think we have a download problem. I think we have an installation problem. But why, if I hand the book What is the difference of the, some, someone who has all their questions answered and doesn't answer them, doesn't reach the next level? And I was looking back over my life this morning when I woke up, I actually was thinking through this. What is the separator? And not that I have the answers. I'm way behind where I want to be. Like, I'm still trying to learn this for myself, hence why I'm bringing it up. one word. It's one word that separates the person who's given the playbook, that executes on the playbook, versus the person who just sits and stares at the playbook and feels good now that they've read the playbook. One word. It's literally one word. Commitment. Now, before you go, oh my God. What, what a underwhelming buildup, Bill. Commitment, come on. Well, 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 let me explain. I'm not saying, generally speaking, you gotta have commitment. No, 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 no. I'm saying a specific commitment that scares the crap out of you. A specific commitment. A commitment, I should have said. That is the impetus. That is the that is what misses. So if you're in the wrong business, the commitment to go into a different business, the commitment to quit your job, the commitment to spend $200,000 in a month on advertising, the commitment to pull off a huge event when you don't know anything about pulling off huge events, the commitment of any action the specific commitment that scares the crap out of you is the answer.
So the first question, like, like to ask yourself, if you're like, why am I flatlining right now? Why am I not having a predictable growth trajectory in every area of my life? Why are my revenues and profits not growing? Why is my free time not growing? Why am I not hitting the next level? There's a commitment you have swept under the rug. And my question, my ask, my hope for everyone today is that in addition to creating your five to 10 identity affirmations, my second ask of everyone today is to trust your gut, figure out what is that commitment I'm pushing off and to make that commitment. There is no emotion. There is no flood of positive emotion like right after you made a commitment. Commitments feel great. When you when you make a commitment, it's like it's it's almost like you cleanse the whole body. It's like it's like you're a new group of cells. It's like you're you're alive again. You're awake. We see this happen in our business when we when we hold events every quarter. At every time that we commit for the event, it's like it's like Bill's version of ADD medicine. Since I'm a poster child of ADD, it's like immediately I'm like, "Woo! Let's focus again. We got a deadline." Right? So what, what is that commitment for you? The last point I want to finish off on, which ties into this, is what's called reverse engineering. Now, I know I've mentioned this before, but I want to bring it up again and again until it actually creates a result. I'd rather bring up tried and true principles every week, by the way, than give new tidbits that are low impact. I'd rather give the same three principles every single week when I do Breakfast of Champions on Wednesdays. I'd rather do this than give you tips and tricks that excite you for five seconds. Because taking action on these things, you may need to hear it 20 to 30 times. So the third thing is reverse engineering. And yesterday I had a call what was yesterday? Oh, two days ago. I had a call with Cameron Harold, my, my coach, and I asked him this exact question, right? And when, you know, when he scaled his business from zero to 106 million in five years, I, I'm wondering right now, we're, we're, we're kind of like hovering around the 5 million range. Our goal is 8 million. We have a plan to get there. But I'm, I'm not where I should be right now, based on where we're at in the year. Right? So I asked him yesterday, or two, on Monday, I said, Cameron, looking back on how you scaled a business to 100 million in five years, what am I missing, man? I'm doing, I'm working hard. I'm doing the new, da, da, da. he was like, Bill, you're missing, you're missing it, man. And, and he keeps telling me the same thing again and again and again and again and again. And I've heard it now for six months i still haven't done it to the way he's explained it when he was scaling 1-800 got john okay he literally created an excel spreadsheet and mapped out every number that had to be true for six years out five years out four three two one year out and created goals that worked backwards from where he wanted to be. I said, but wait, on Monday, literally two days ago, I'm like, but wait, I thought it was all the PR you got. What not that what caused the growth? He was like, nope, that comes secondary to the reverse engineered plan. What, 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 wasn't it that you built up demand for 1-800-GOT-JUNK and that forced you to hit a new threshold? He's like, eh, I've also seen a lot of people go out of business just increasing their advertising spend. It was more than that. 
it was more than that. It was not just we got to spend X on marketing. It was how many more trucks do we need? How many more physical offices do we need? How many more franchise partners do we need? How many, how do, how many more people do we need to hire? He hired 6,000 people over six years. It's not enough to just promote your way if you want to grow your business, for example, to growth, because you're going to hit a ceiling, operational ceiling. That ceiling is usually around $3 million for people, where you have to step away from a personal brand and you have to actually build a big, a big boy or girl business, as they say. There's this thing that Jeff Walker launched. It's called the product launch formula. It's something I'm really good at. I'm able to launch a product really well. It's probably one of my top three skills is I'm able to pull off big webinar events and sell a lot. I've, I've sold millions of dollars of product from stage on, on, on this launch formula. And I said, Cameron, shouldn't I just do what I'm great at? the product launch formula and just keep doing that to promote our business and grow. He was like, yeah, no, you shouldn't. It's not scalable. And that's what solopreneurs do. You're looking to build an enterprise, not a solopreneur business. So that's my goal. And I pay Cameron $48,000 a year to coach me because he's been there, done that. I am willing to part ways with 50 grand a year to have one call with him per month to get my answers. One 90-minute call per month. That's a $4,000 call, in case you're doing the math, for 90 minutes of his time. And still, even with me spending 48 grand a year with him, I haven't implemented his number one piece of advice. Shame on me. This is the power of mentors coming back in. Right? I, I could have read his book. The first chapter is on reverse engineering in his book, Double Double. I could have read his book, and that's just one chapter in a book. And I go on back onto my life, and I don't implement it. But when I have a coach, the coach is able to go, nope, do this, 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 do this. Yeah, I know you want to glance over chapter one. There's a reason. Do this. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. So the third commitment that I ask of everyone is to sketch it out. Don't make this a complex thing. Sketch it out. What is my reverse engineered plan to where I want to be? If I want to make 20 million in a year, a million in a year, or if I just want to double my income in a year. Work backwards. Don't make this a delusional goal. Vision without a plan is delusion. Work backwards into it. Work backwards into it. Work backwards into it. And say, hmm, I would need two additional income sources. At an average sale price of X, this many sales, I would need to sell this much in order to supplement my current income by Y. So I ask everyone three things and three things from today's session. Number one, make an identity commitment list. What are your identity affirmations? Five to 10 of them. Number two, what was number two? I forget. Anyone with me? We're here, but. Oh, it'll come back to me. I have ADD. So uh, the last one is create a reverse engineered plan. Okay. So guys, this is breakfast with champions. All right. Go. Oh, I know. I know. The second one was make a commitment. Make a specific commitment that impels you into action. And then the third one is create a reverse engineered plan. So I just want to remind everyone, this is the Number one room on an entire social media app. This is the room. You're here right now. We're spending time together 
and we have an amazing lineup of speakers today. This is the one and only Breakfast of Champions. If it's your first time here, welcome. For those returning uh, people who come all the time, thank you for showing up. We could not do this without you. Um, and uh, my name's Bill Hauser. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.